Hey everybody, Thursday, fifteenth of July. We're we're getting we're getting cattle ready for the state fair. We're going to take them to a county fair before we take them to the state fair, and we're putting them together and we're moving them around and we're getting them. And so mornings are kind of crazy around here. I mean, real crazy. And then on top of it, Judy, uh, we we um, we bought the house across the road from us. Uh, the, the old control your neighbors by buying the property and then you have to worry about who ends up across the road from you and whether they have the jammy jam parties advertised on Facebook over there or not uh, that that all kind of goes away well we bought the property a couple years ago uh, we got paid for so now we're sitting back and uh, Judy's hired a, uh, a guy with a really big track hoe we got a smaller track hoe but a guy with a really big track hoe and of course we got permits and we're hauling the old house off with the trucks and so you got the trucking you got the permits you know the the days of just you know uh throwing five gallon diesel fuel in an old house and and going up is gone and so this thing's getting hauled off uh it's it's uh judy wants the stuff off the property and gone we're taking a bunch of the junk trees down there's a, there's an old woven wire fence along one side of it we're taking down um you know just just a lot of quote unquote stuff like that we're we're getting rid of they're going to do a new power line project across the front of that property and so we're leaving the trees along the road but those are coming down but there's a there's a couple nice decorative trees that we're leaving and so they're going to be left uh and then there's uh neighbors kind of got a pond with a little timber area along one edge of it and we're we're a little bit of that's kind of over in us and we're just going to leave that too so too many details i know but that was kind of what our morning was but let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the markets today um and and one thing i just wanted i am not a quote-unquote market expert i'm just reporting what everybody else is saying just kind of doing a clean a clearing house um one comment that i made to my broker yesterday though i said this market reminds me of a young show heifer the first time she goes to the county fair or a jackpot show or the state fair or whatever she could act really calm and really gentle and explode one way or the other at any minute. I mean, you know, everything could be going good and something could spook it and boom, you, you, yeah. Or they can just be the calmest thing in the world and something you think would spook them doesn't spook them and they seem to be fine and you really never know until you take them out to the big time. <laughs> and that's this market right now. This thing, well... And throw the fact that they probably come in heat while they're at state fair there for four days, and they can really that things can really go stupid quickly. And um, yeah, uh, compare compare to grain market to a young show heifer at a state fair. Now that's that's different, but um, I think that's what this is. Now the the, the indigo indigo atlas insights. It's the old Telus Labs group. I had a person share me their numbers. Uh, they've dropped the corn yield down to 172.9, which was a 1.6 billion bushel reduction over their, their yield a month ago. They dropped their soybean down to 49.8, which is one-tenth of a bushel less than a year ago. Now, USDA is still at 179.5. 
and 50.8. So they're a full bushel under the beans. And on corn, they're like 6.6 .6 bushel down. Now, Illinois and Iowa are getting rains right now, and, I, and I'm going to get into this later. I think Iowa is the key to this whole thing. In Indigo's production is 14.61 on corn, where USDA is 15.17, and their beans are 4.32, where USDA is 4.41. Not a whole lot down, but that corn's significant enough, as tight as things are, to, to be, a, be a deal. Now, uh, the national corn rating is uh, 4% below the 10-year average, and the beans are 5% below the 10-year average. The Dakotas and Minnesota are rated worse than in 2012, but in 2012, that drought was centered more on uh, Nebraska, Southern Iowa, uh, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and the Dakotas and Minnesota, not that they weren't hurt in the 12 drought, and, and there was areas that were, but as a whole, they came out better off. Um, the, the 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 one thing about it, um, it when you're talking about the Dakotas then and Minnesota, the corn area is now twenty percent of the total in the United States in those three states versus sixteen percent last year. The soybeans are twenty three percent versus twenty two percent last year. There's a whole lot less prevent plant up there. And there's a whole lot more acres up there. So the rest of the U.S. has to overperform. And I, I think it comes down to, well, there's some dry areas in Kansas and Nebraska showing up. And, and that that's concerning. It's, it's all going to come down to what happens in Iowa. Um, now, yesterday, and, and here's the thing. Those indigo numbers are probably about as good as what it took to get them printed and, and put out on the Internet. And they're probably obsolete now. Uh, and they were they just happened like two two days ago now and and just coming out too is the the u s crush nine uh, percent uh, year over year down it's the smallest monthly crush since June of two thousand nineteen um, the the crush was like one hundred and fifty two million bushel the trade guess was one hundred and fifty nine with a low of one fifty five now the soil stocks were down year over year. Um, the the meal exports were also down. That's high prices. Um, but but also it may be tightening supplies too. That the fact can you really find the beans? Can you get the beans to crush them? Um, and, and I think too you're going to have some processors because they're not going to chase these expensive beans, quote unquote expensive, compared to what they're going to be in the fall. Probably they're probably scheduling some maintenance downtime, and they're just. You know, if the beans aren't there, you can't crush them. I mean, that's where it is. Now, back to this big commodity firm. Big firm, they're big, one of their big analysis, basically saying there's no good reason for the rally this high in the grain market at this time. Now, on the other hand, though, they come up with the reasons. Too much rain. Now, the, the trade is going to look as rain makes grain until proven otherwise. And that would kind of remind me of the 1993 market you know, where where the areas that gotten too much rain. And I can tell you the too much rain's affecting the soybeans a lot more than it is the corn, in my humble opinion. Um, there's some people saying the Illinois corn yield is going to be 195 versus 202. It's dried out in several places way south. Other places kind of mid-south are way too wet. The places in the center are way too wet. And in the north, uh, there's 10 counties up there that are doggone dry next to the Wisconsin border, dry enough that they've been declared a, a disaster area by USDA. 
where the farmers can qualify for the low interest loans and that kind of stuff. So they had to meet some some parameters up there. And there's like 10 counties up there that, that right along the Wisconsin border that have been declared, quote unquote, disaster. Area. And those are he- those are heavy corn counties. Uh, you know, the next two to three weeks, they're talking hot, dry weather. Um, now, you're going to have to prove that to everybody because right now it's it's still raining. And the other thing that I think that he was looking at, um, that, that we're still got the South American corn exports too high and we got the U.S. corn demand too low. And he also thinks that maybe the Canadian wheat production is too high and the canola crop's a disaster. And, uh, you know, soybean oil, canola oil can substitute for each other. Canola meal, soybean meal can be a substitute for each other. Um, and then the wheat thing, we're going to get into a little bit more of that uh, when we get done. Uh, the crop rating, though, 65% good to excellent. Uh, this is the same as 2017 when the U.S. harvested at that time a record 176.6 bushel per acre. Now, Indiana and Ohio are much better than what they were in 2017. Indiana is 25 points higher. Ohio's 26 points higher. Minnesota's much worse. It's 38 points down. North Dakota's 19 points down. South Dakota was basically, um, well, it was at 37% good to excellent in 17 and 31% in 21. So it's only six points down, but both times it wasn't, wasn't real good. Um, now, the, the difference here, maybe between 17 and 21, is 2017, the good to excellent rating started at 65% and then kind of leveled off in here and then went higher. 2021, the good to excellent started at 76%, and we've now dropped down to 65%. But over the past 15 years, in mid-July, when the corn, gra- corn rating is 61 to 65% good to excellent, we produced four years with above trend yields and zero years years with below trend year, yields. Um, now, we can talk. We can go through all the individual states. I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, I was off from where it was rated back in 17. And um, the 11% that Iowa is off represents more bushels than all the other states that gained numbers. And as one person was saying, it's it's all going to get down to kernel depth now from here on out. How much range do we have to finish this thing out? And and this person was getting into, you know, and if the kernel's an eighth of an inch longer than what it normally was, that's you know, it's, it's a huge amount of yield. Um, but there's a couple other things going on long term that I think are interesting. December 21 oats were at a contract high. Now, oats used to always be the bellwether in markets. Oats used to always be the leading indicator, you know. And then kind of it was wheat. But here lately, you know, the corn and soybeans, because China's been buying corn and soybeans, uh, has and, and the other world demand for corn and soybeans, and the fact of biofuels because of soybean oil and, and ethanol and that, um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit different deal going on. But, you know, I always look at the the rally is really, really solid if wheat leads the rally. And guess what? Today, wheat's gaining on corn. Uh, oats are at a high, which, um, you know, 
Well, one feed guy told me, he said, as crazy as it sounds, corn's getting cheaper in relationship to oats. Or, on the other hand, oats are getting more expensive. And, you know, if, if, if where those oats are raised up in Canada and Minnesota and the Dakotas and Michigan. Now, Michigan, I think, is in a lot better shape than what it was. But if the oats get short, they got to find something to feed for the oats. And out west, there's a lot of barley growing. And if they don't have the barley, they're going to have to find something to put in for the barley. So, um, it's interesting. Now, um, I'm hearing anywhere from the Russian wheat yield is going to be 6% below 2020 to the spring wheat crop in Russia is 15 to 20% off due to dry weather. So, Russia may be getting less wheat right now. Um, now, they're talking about the, let's talk about the Dakotas a little bit. There's a lot of acres up anymore in the Dakotas and the Dakotas, the Dakotas are, if, if, if you're going to have a lot of exports of beans to China, they're going to go out that Pacific Northwest and that's how it's going to go. This is the prediction between July 21st and 28th. The average temp is going to be 10 to 12 degrees above normal, mid nineties to hundred in the Dakotas. They need a rain before the heat is what one agronomist told me. If we get a good rain before the heat, we can take the hot weather. Uh, and so, are they going to get that? And and like I said, you're getting rains across Iowa and Illinois. This thing is going to be interesting to see how it all goes. Um, you know, corn's got that post-July 4th gap at 558 to 573. So if you do get that filled up to 573, then what happens? That's the big question mark. Um, soybeans are basically, I was told uh, this morning, uh, filled that gap. November soybeans have filled the July 6th gap. So where do you go from now? You filled the gap. You got that objective. Do you continue to go on? I, I know people looking at moving day averages and everything else. Uh, the short-term moving day average is, behind, is below the longer term, and they'd like to see that turn around. Plus, a lot of the bears will talk about that these soybeans have been making lower highs on these run-ups here lately. And you're putting a, you're putting a triangle pennant formation in that bean chart, and I don't know which way it's going to go from there, but when it gets to that point, it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. And I know you're going to say, well, that's a real big insight, but it's probably going to go, uh, going to go up significantly or down significantly. Um, my opinion, the wheat gaining on corn is a good thing long-term. We got to get poverty grass where it's no longer poverty grass. We got to get, and there's going to be a whole lot of countries around the world that are going to do things to make sure that they keep wheat cheap to their population, which means they'll probably do big subsidized purchases of wheat when they get worried about wheat running short. And there'll be a huge demand for wheat, and there'll be a big push up in the price, and that'll probably, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats types of deal. Um, a lot of severe weather, too, along US-20 in, in Iowa, but that means they're probably getting a lot of rain up there. I have not seen the rain totals. I'm not quite sure everything that's going on. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you th this whole thing is, um, is, you know, interesting. And, 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 well, a couple people are talking to, that you're not seeing China 
you know, they bought, what, 1.1 million metric tons of soybeans last month, but otherwise they've been pretty quiet. And Mexico's bought a couple in July. But, you know, they're saying mid-July is generally when we start seeing China step up to the plate. And my guess is China may be trying to just kind of wait out and see what this weather's going to, weather's going to be, um, what the weather's going to be. They may just be kind of going to sit back and see how the weather's going to turn out, what it's going to do before they decide. So maybe that – but here's the question. If it's not a real active August and they get real quiet, then then where do we go? And it wouldn't be above the Chinese to play in the markets, would it? Come on. I mean the the, the – the, and if I was a Chinese buying it, I would try to buy it as cheap as I can. And I know farmers get upset with the – quote unquote um you know um but with the you know the way that the purchases are made and then canceled and cargoes are switched around and everything else but you know uh, the customer's always right type of type of thinking and uh, they get by with it because they can get by with it because they can go buy it from someplace else and you know people are talking about you know southern minnesota uh, southeastern south dakota northern iowa into wisconsin much needed rain that'll help bide the crop over another four to six days as the heat approaches and it appears to me there's going to be a lot more heat north and west than there is in the center part of the corn belt or the eastern part of the corn belt tale of two worlds and 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 for me to tell you what to do i don't really know i just know that we're at pretty good prices right now but then we also you know if this thing falls apart and um i had i'll put it this way i have seen the market in 1983 rally from the 20th of july into the 20th of august and generally you know as you're getting ready for harvest you know you have these these rallies don't happen late in 2012 market peaked in august before harvest started um at least that's how i remember it you know you 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 had a chance to there if you harvested some corn in august to get eight dollar corn and by the time you got into september we were down into the mid to high sevens um and and that just kind of uh you know it's it's late but if this weather straightens up the thing's probably over if the weather takes a turn for the worse Katie bar the door. Who knows what's going to happen? It, it It's going to get interesting. And I think a lot of this, we're probably not going to know. We're probably not going to know what goes on until we get the combines out in it. You know, I you, you talk to some people and they're really worried in the eastern corn belt where we've had this excessive amount of water, what it's doing to the soybeans. But to quote one person, rain makes grain. Yeah, you may be losing that those beans in the low places, but the high places are going to more than make up for that. Um, you know, now the the outlook for August keeps a warm basis for much of the U.S. Corn Belt. The precipitation outlook's kind of mixed. Um, you know, uh, and and it's down to you know we're seeing maybe a little more strength in beans and corn because you know they're going to say well the corn crop will be made in July and the bean crop will be made in August. I will say this much. If I'm sitting at the Illinois State Fair the second week of it, and I'm watching the ponies run in circles, and I'm sitting there in a grandstand in shorts and a t-shirt, and that's about the only time you'll find me out in public in shorts, and I'm sweating, we're losing corn yield. And if I'm sitting there and I'm comfortable, I figure we're putting corn yield on. 
And there's a lot of corn yield made there in August with the temperatures and the moisture, in my opinion. And that gets back to that kernel depth that people were talking about. And like I said, once again, I think when we look at these USDA reports that are going to come out, they are going to that August report. They do nothing but can't count stands, and I think we got great populations out there, and that's that's going to be a different deal. Well, hey, with that, to the smartest audience in agriculture, thanks for listening.